today I'm interviewing Miglena. She is a lawyer and a co-founder of Austria for Beginners. In the last seven years, she and her team have provided immigration support to almost 4,000 people from over 50 countries. She's extremely passionate for people to know their rights. I hope you enjoy listening. Immigration Stories Austria Well, hello. Welcome, Miglena. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Hi, Barbara. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great. Um, you started Austrian for Beginners. Do you want to tell me a little bit about how that happened, who you are, why you're here today, why you're an expert? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, my co-founder and I started Austrian for Beginners seven years ago. It was a little bit on a whim. Mm -hmm. We both got asked from um, different people in our um communities for help in dealing with Austrian administration and there was there were so many people who were reaching out to us then we thought oh we should do something about it and I've been working and volunteering in the non-profit sector since I'm 14 so that's mm -hmm. very dear to my heart it's been always part of my life um, and then we thought okay so maybe a small non-profit and we can just do this on our um, in our free time, I was just on maternity leave with my first child. And although I absolutely love being a mother, I also missed working and missed engaging uh, in other activities. Um, so it started like an arrangement between the two of us that, oh, let's see what we, what we can do. And then it exploded very quickly. I could say that we made the mistake to start this with our personal phone numbers. And oh. within maybe four weeks, our phone numbers were um, given to over 100 people. Um, fast forward, it's been almost seven years and we've worked with over 4,000 people from over 50 countries. Wow. We provide legal support um, in different areas. Immigration, of course, is our main um, area of expertise, but so is um, administrative um, dealings. So it's um, basics of, of family law. We also provide consultation, civil law as well, consumer protection. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you and your co-founder are both lawyers from your basic education? Yes, both of us hold legal degrees, each of us holds two oh, wow. <laughs> legal degrees um, and yeah. And you specialize in immigration law or? No, it just came to us, it, um, <laughs> life brought it to us. <laughs> That's super cool. So okay, let's begin with Austrian for beginners again. What what service does it provide? Because you said a lot of things here now. What how does it actually work? How does somebody get into your program? Mm -hmm. Austrian for beginners is a Vienna-based nonprofit organization. We are not funded. We do this on our own time and our own conviction, which I think it makes us very strong. Um, we are for the past one and a half years we are member based because mm -hmm. the need is so big that the resources have to be. Uh, properly distributed and so if you would need a legal consultation legal support you need to become a member of Austria for beginners um, we have family memberships and individual memberships they're cost 65 euros a year give you access and they give people access to legal support they can participate also in our seminars we hold seminars on legal topics that impact the everyday life of foreigners mm -hmm. such as how does the Austrian tax system work yeah, mm -hmm. how do I do my tax declaration 
um, what are the legal aspects of maternity and pregnancy. That's a really big topic. I feel like Austrians should sign up for this as well. <laughs> we hear that very often and we actually have a lot of participants, um, families where one partner is Austrian and they're like, wow, I'm just learning this now. Um, so yeah, I could say our, our seminars are quite useful, quite info informational. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay, so you have a membership basis and then you provide legal support with your team, right? Yes. Okay, that's so good. And why did you see the need of people after the immigration process? You would, you might think that you're kind of done with all the administrative tasks, but what happens after? What legal battles do you fight then? Oh, so, so many, so many things. Um, we also did kind of a, it was not a mistake, but I think it was a short, short sight of, um, of us to call the organization Austria for Beginners because we were beginners in Austria and we thought people encounter those problems only at the beginning of their journey, but we have members who have been living for here for 20 years <laughs> and they wow. still don't get the system. Um, I think the system doesn't make it very easy for people to understand it. Um, so we deal with everything, for example, from unlawful um, speeding ticket mm -hmm. or problems with your landlord or um, any kind of violation of your rights by the administration could be when you when you apply for a maternity allowance for example or for child benefits yeah it's um basically an endless list mm -hmm. okay so you provide support for people in english i'm assuming yes for when they're already integrated here do you see or also when they start mm -hmm. sometimes we do we work a lot with families who are moving to austria because one partner got a job offered here And then we'll help them also find schools for their children, kindergarten, placement. Um, basically, we'll help them set up their life here um, and just make the process easier for them, as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. um, considering this is like quite a broad topic and you're not specialized then in anything, like, is there anything that reoccurs all the time? Like I would the say same we, questions? I would say we specialize in immigration and uh, administrative law and social security as well. The most uh, Uh, common topics we deal with is obviously problems with the immigration office um, and uh, problems with uh, OGK in terms of mm. obtaining childcare allowance. So kindergarten scale, um, same thing happens also with um, applications for family and biohealth, so family benefits. Uh, those happen very, very often. Do you think it's because the system is so complicated or do you also incorporate cultural values or because the system in every country is different and it always needs to be learned? I don't think the system is so difficult. I think um, there is lack of resources available for people if they don't speak German well enough. Mm -hmm. And what we've noticed that is that even if people speak German well enough and they actually work in German, they don't speak the German of the administration and the administration doesn't care for being understood. Mm -hmm. So you would like to have a better translation into what they actually want to get it to the people, like to be understood. Yes, and um, in our experience, every uh, family where there is an international element, we call it. So one of the one of the members is a foreigner. Almost every family encounters problem when it comes to childcare allowance. Mm -hmm. That seems like a huge topic. Is there anything you want to say about this? Like, how does this process work? Do you want to maybe explain for people who 
Um, <laughs> so they don't ask you the same question mm-hmm. over and well, over again? It, well, it, it could be complicated, really, especially when one of the partners have lived in another European Union country or have worked there or have been self-employed there because then European law is actually applicable. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a particular regulation, 883. Um, and it has been our experience that, um, unfortunately, OGK in particular doesn't care much for applying that and often requires documents which just cannot be supplied because they don't exist. Often wow. it's often it's requiring often often they require, uh, for example, um, a decision of um, authority in another country um, denying the right of childcare allowance. But many countries don't simply don't have that procedure. Mm-hmm. You only grant the childcare allowance if your central living interest is there or if you work there. Not it's not granted simply because you're a national a citizen of that country. Um, and that's a known process. Not to mention that according to the European regulation. Um, OGECA has to request that from the other authority and not make the people do it themselves. Um, so yeah, that is one very, very common thing. Also, same documents are being requested over and over again every couple of months mm-hmm. uh, or it takes 18 months to receive a decision. Wow. 18 months, can you imagine having a baby? <laughs> Depending on that, on that support, financial support, especially for the people who have worked for that support and paid mm-hmm. social security in Austria. Um, it's really, it's uh, really nerve wracking. It is nerve wracking. Um, but unfortunately it happens very often. And same thing goes with Magistrat 35 in particular. They take forever, they take ages. Mm-hmm. And For decisions. While, while in fact they only have six months to decide whether it's negative or a positive decision, legally they have to decide within six months. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they don't decide for 18 months, wow. 20 months. Mm-hmm. So you, you make it sound like there's um, it could be it could be better handled deadline wise, but also that you made it shine through that there's quite a few special cases you have all the time like every yes, case. Yes, this is, is this is repeating all the time. Mm-hmm. Those few things, Magistrat thirty five taking ages to decide, and um, childcare allowance from Ogeka. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, do you see this in other countries mirrored as well? Or is it just Austria being confused by setting into place uh, European regulations and we want to brew our own beer or? I can't really speak about other countries. I mean, I know I, we have uh, members who have moved, um, for example, to Luxembourg. Luxembourg is extremely, extremely um, a foreigner friendly. It's, um, can't really speak about that other countries that don't have the experience mm-hmm. but you know that um, it makes quite a difference if you're welcoming to immigrants or yes. set up for it yes right? it does mm-hmm. interesting and um, I mean you mentioned the child um, child care policies in Austria and the immigration process is mm-hmm. there anything else that reoccurs a lot or because you speak a lot about partners moving mm-hmm. with their um, yes that, that that is also um, one big part I think of immigration beyond the residence permit mm-hmm. <laughs> is how you actually Im- integrate in the country. Uh, it's quite difficult to find your own way, um, whether that um, is in terms of finding a job or simply feeling um, feel welcome in the country. Um, that, that is a big topic for us. Mm-hmm. 
do you help with the cultural appropriation or um that's not our strong suit because our um the goal of our organization is integration through making the legal system understandable and accessible because we mm -hmm. believe there is you cannot integrate if you don't even understand what rules you need to mm -hmm. your own uh, rights yeah, yeah and your own rights um but we do try with with different projects to support also that part for example for two years we organized a project called job application bootcamp mm -hmm. where we gathered um, experts who work with the international community and most of them were also members of the international community um, and prepared participant our participants for the job interviewing process in Austria because it's very peculiar mm -hmm. uh, for example so? well for example um, your CV in Austria you need to have a picture and not just a picture you need to have like a properly done picture most countries don't require birthday because that could be that could lead to discrimination and having your picture there is it feels outrageous mm -hmm. uh, but this is very peculiar for Austria and if your CV doesn't have it it doesn't even get looked at and the same thing goes for example your academic title right I mean this is I think one of the most interesting things to Austria to this day for me um, that you're not I'm not just Miglena Hofer I'm Magister Miglena Hofer and that actually um, the importance of the title the wait. importance of the title and if I miss putting that on my CV that is already that's mm -hmm. already um, that already increases the chance of my CV being even looked at mm -hmm. um, so yeah we we did that already we even um, got supported by um, the, the magistrate for diversity in integration in one of the years so we try to do those little things mm -hmm. but of course as I said we have very limited resources mm -hmm. yeah no, that's super interesting. Um, are you actually, I mean, <laughs> you are on the other side, you're on the side of the migration, um, the migrants and the people mm -hmm. coming into the country. Um, how, how do you work with the governmental agencies here? Are you already kind of known, I'm assuming? <laughs> or do you have like um, collaborations with them where you're like, hey, I know like, do people listen to reasons or we have a good collaboration and like I'm tr just trying to translate what they want because I mean shouldn't it make it easier for people working in these institutions if their laws are understood yeah you would think so you would think so um, my experience has been that the majority of them refuse to speak English even if they do mm -hmm. it happens very rarely I have to say um, that they um, agree to speak English with our members or with, with the people we accompany. We don't really have cooperations with, with, with public offices. Um, we just go and get things done. Mm -hmm. But they do, they do speak with us in a way different way than they speak with our members if they go on their own. Mm -hmm. Well, And I don't think it's only about the German, it's also because we don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. or we don't take an answer that says um, that if someone tells us yeah it's how it is when you ask them where is the legal ground for this mm -hmm. um, yeah I mean I think it makes a difference when you step into a situation knowing your rights and standing up for them rather than just accepting yes. exactly whatever comes exactly. your way and also um, you have to understand that the majority of people migrating to Austria um, especially they come from Latin America or Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. they're very afraid of confrontation with authorities. They think, even when their rights have been violated, um, 
they don't complain because they're afraid that there will be negative consequences for them. But I think generally the group of migrants is a vulnerable group that feels yes, that way. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, but it's different when someone comes from a country where they're used to mm-hmm. um, having their rights protected. Mm-hmm, definitely. And they come from a country where um, pursuing your legal rights brings nothing. Mm-hmm. Very often, or it's so exhausting and takes so much time and resources that it's better to leave it alone. So that also um, is a big factor. And we motivate, we, we really went, um, we encourage our members to complain. So because if we, if we don't complain, nothing is going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't want to. The majority of them don't, they don't want. They just want to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that general feeling, specifically with the groups that you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I would maybe add even the Middle Eastern ones as well. No, absolutely. Oh, they, for them, it's even worse, yeah. Yeah. Worse because there is more prejudice towards them, against mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a tough job you have on your hands. Okay, um, and when you, if you put yourself into the shoes of, um, I don't know, a legislator in Austria now, what would you like to see change? What do you think is the most urgent to start with? I don't think there is such a, a big need of changing the legislation. I think it's the execution that is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's massive lack of transparency. Last year, the office uh, with the most complaints against them, again, was Magistrat 35. Again, every single year. If you remember this couple of years ago, two years ago, this big journalistic piece about how Magistrat 35 works, that surprised everyone. It surprised people who don't work with Magistrat 35. We work with them on a daily basis, and this is not surprising to us. We know how things are done. Mm-hmm. We know that it takes 18 months for someone to open a folder. Mm-hmm. We know that they just... But do you think it's because of lack of resources or language or money or where's the problem? Because I mean... And that's a good question. Where is the problem? Yeah. That's a very good question. Where is the problem? Magistrat 35 was supposed to be reformed a couple of months ago. The reform had to be ready. They were broadcasting how much uh, work it will be delegated and going to be done through the call center, the new mm-hmm. call center. The new call center doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You can't even change an appointment directly to the call center. Mm-hmm. I've tried. Okay. <laughs> you call, you have a 15 minutes conversation when every single piece of data is being collected. And afterwards, the conversation finishes with, okay, I'll send an email now to the person responsible. Why don't you get me in touch with the person responsible? Mm-hmm. It's a good question why it's not working. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they just push work around or is it maybe the lack of training or like the um, processes that are being set up there or where do you see an improvement strategy? Well, think about it that way. If this was a business organization, it would have died years mm-hmm. ago. Just a f- lack of efficiency. One thing I can say for sure that makes the life of the people working there very hard is that they have to put, it seems to me, almost every piece of data, they have to enter it by hand Mm-hmm. And normally when we go there and, you know, people, people apply for residence permit, there is a big stack of documents. There is a lot of data in those documents. And then we go there, we submit documents, and then the caseworker needs to type in everything by hand. Why? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought we we're moving towards digitalization. Mm-hmm. Also, it's impossible for us to check on the process of the residence permit. We only can call. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. Now we don't wait for 45 minutes on the phone anymore. Someone does pick up and we ask them what is the status of the, of the application and there's always 
every single time we get the same answer and that is it's it's in, in progress mm-hmm. yeah i think that that's certainly unsatisfying and, and that doesn't say anything mm-hmm. so you would like to see a little bit more transparency of transparency the and accountability i mm-hmm. would like to see yeah. and digitalization yes that would be amazing mm-hmm. imagine how much their work how much easier their work will be if instead of calling people we can actually track this online mm-hmm. so you would envision like a platform where you can hand in your application online and track the progress um, of it i think you should just you have to hand it in person because your the identity has to be established mm-hmm. that is how it should be there's nothing wrong with that the problem is what happens afterwards with that application i want to see for example list of documents i've submitted of mm-hmm. course it should be only available to me for data protection reasons but why does it work for um labs for medical labs for example where i get a unique code and mm-hmm. i can check all of my data and all of my tests and why can this work for administration mm-hmm. why can i have a unique code and username gdpr compliant and i can check the status of my application and the documents i've submitted mm-hmm okay and what about improvements you've seen so far are there at least any i mean you've been doing this for seven years right mm-hmm. um one massive improvement after the um, journalistic investigation is they are nicer people are nicer now when you go i have to say there used to be a certain period of time under certain government which was openly anti-immigration where most not everyone it's not everyone Uh, but a lot of the employees were openly unfriendly mm-hmm. now at least i can say that this is definitely a positive change now at least they are much friendlier another thing that, that changed positively is that uh, in particular for european union citizens is that the um, um, anmeldebescheinigung is being printed right away if everything with the documents is all right it used to be that way 10 years ago when i arrived mm-hmm. and when i went for mine it took an hour to obtain it but then we have a, we had a couple of years under the previous um government where they would take all of your documents and they said okay we're gonna send it for post and then again it's gonna be months to an end mm-hmm. what i what, what change i want to see is that somehow it becomes clear that this is not papers these are people These are mm-hmm. people's lives there it's not just paper yeah i agree i mean i think personally what surprised me a lot in the immigration process was um that we as austrians don't see the potential so much um that immigrants bring because um depends on the political environment i guess mm-hmm. as well but also we're not set up for the fact that um, we want to bring in immigrants we want the labor force we we see them as skilled workers um, i think immigrant is actually kind of a, a, a bad term sometimes it has a yes, bad connotation is. to it and i think that's kind of sad because there's huge potential with it and i'm I, i'm actually kind of surprised because we have the un here we have a lot of um, international institutions and um, maybe you know why why do you think that is such a <laughs> such a mentality we yes have. but you need to understand that you can't really compare immigration with uh, with people who are posted here and work in the un they're very privileged mm-hmm. of course a majority of them don't even go through the immigration process because they're not immigrants they're posted here they're sent here 
so they don't have to go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should bring in a mindset, in my opinion, that um, I don't think internationals so. are I think, positive. I think for regular people who don't have to deal with uh, with that, they don't really see the need of it, you know. But I feel it's a little bit short-sighted because in Vienna in particular, 30% of the population is, is foreign. And that's just the people who arrive, not to mention second, third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know. I think Austria has always been a place where people would go. I mean, giant communities from former Yugoslavian Republic, there is a reason for that, right? Austria always welcomed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> way back when it was even one country, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's everyone. I think it's Austrians in general. I think really it's politics. Um, there will always be people who are afraid of immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, and um, politicians everywhere. And it's not only in Austria. Politicians, conservative politicians everywhere, play on that note, and uh, that's how they get votes. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't have to forget that um, foreigners can't vote. So they don't care much about foreigners. I think if Magistrate 35 was any other magistrate, any other magistrate that has to do with voters, things would have been changed 10 times by now. Mm-hmm. But no voters suffer from Magistrate 35. So they keep mm-hmm. being inefficient. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of, <laughs> kind of sad. Um, but I mean... So what can we do now? What can people do? They can come to you for help. Mm-hmm. Um, they can maybe, I don't know, do you have other helpful tips for any person starting this process now? Or I don't know, even looking for mm-hmm. <laughs> childcare? Or do you want to like just to end this on a positive note? Yeah, no, I think it's very important that you get informed. This, this is really important. Um, everything in writing is another important note. Um, for example, we always advise advice against just dropping uh, any paperwork in the post boxes at the, at the offices because there is no proof that you submitted them and documents get lost a lot mm-hmm. um, so we always say please send this with registered mail so we can track it keep the receipt with your with your paperwork keep the confirmation mm-hmm. um, you can send it per email but uh, it it is only counted as delivered if you get an answer to that email mm-hmm. so that's not always reliable um, and then if six months you have nothing has happened in six months then please complain you, you can you can file a formal complaint it's called in german it's the omission of decision mm-hmm. because administration has to decide within maximum six months mm-hmm. and then when you get your permit um, then please complain Please file if you if you think that something was wrong. If you think that um, your case was not handled properly, then please complain. Mm-hmm. I think only only if we complain and, and signal that those things happen over and over again, only then they can be changed. We talked about a lot of people having fear of complaining. What yes. what's the worst that can happen? Is there anything I think, that can I don't happen? think anything can happen? I honestly don't think anything can happen in Austria. I don't think anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to complain yes, no matter your nationality complain. yeah mm-hmm. okay. and if you don't want to complain to any austrian institution then you can use solve it it's 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 a european um uh, agency where you can signal for 
for um, wrongdoings of any administration within the European Union. Mm -hmm. I will post the link of that into the description if you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a really helpful tool, especially yeah. when you... And it won't, it won't work fast and it won't, you, you won't, this is the thing, you will not gain anything by complaining, but then the people after you maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe in three, four, five years and the process will be, will be changed. I hope it happens earlier, but realistically, I don't think so. Mm -hmm, of course, but I mean, it's good to know that you're there to help. Um, you're not the only one. I mean, Austrian yes. for Beginners is a part of a, <laughs> of a network yeah. of people who... Yes, absolutely all work together to make this process a bit easier and um, I don't know do you have any last words of advice um, everything in writing <laughs> that, is really, that is the best advice I can give is have everything in, everything, everything in writing all right thank you so much for being on the podcast and for the <laughs> great advice thank you thanks for listening if you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria